All right, Kevin Sullivan. You know, I'm going to turn the tables. A year and a half ago, if everybody listened to me about Hogan, this problem would be going on. I could ask you something, Gene. I saw you out in a boat in Sarasota with Hogan a week ago. That wasn't me. That was Eric Bischoff. I know Eric Bischoff, and you're no Eric Bischoff. Did the guy have hair? Yeah, the guy had a bald head. It was you. everybody and welcome back to the NWO in review the only 100% American wrestling review podcast and here our freedom doesn't end where your feelings begin that's right that's fantastic Richard before we start today yeah and we start reviewing fall brawl 96 which I'm so excited for it is very exciting it's our third episode. Yep. I have something for you. Close your eyes. They're closed. But I, I want you to give this a smell. What are you reading there? God. That's... It smells like... Obviously a candle because it's singeing my nose hairs off. Uh, but also... Can a pine scent? Maybe a light pine? Light pine, you're saying? Some candy canes? It's very... I'm, it's giving me a... It's... The name of this scent is Harvest Sunset. Now, let me blow that out. Let me waft the smoke over to you. Are you feeling more in the fall-autumn period here? Definitely. Yeah, now I can feel it now. All right, here's the next one. Excuse me being off mic for a sec. All right. Give this a little whiff. Oh, okay. All right. Yep. Yeah. What are you picking up? I'm getting some. Yeah, I'm getting some. Uh, some. Some good. Um, good fall spices. It's okay. very spicy. Okay. Uh, it uh, kind of reminds me of you know cloves. Maybe some sort of pumpkin pie spice. Now I'm hoping that you're maybe not looking too much at the color of the candle itself, which is orange, and it's, might be a slight giveaway. It might be influencing me a little bit. The name of this scent is Woodland Pumpkin. <gasps> All right. All right. Now, finally. Yep. Our final. Um, it's actually an unlit Scentsy wax. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, Richard's just going to have to go in here cold yep. and just kind of suss out what this scent is. 
for Fall Brawl 96, The Final Scent. Oh, that is, that's very, that is very PSL. Yes? Oh, yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. Are you are you vent- gonna venture a guess? Oh, There's yeah. now this one is more food based. That's more of like a we'll call it a uh, uh, possibly maybe a uh, pumpkin roll. So you're going going back to the pumpkin well on this I'm, one. I'm going back to the pumpkin well. The name of this scent is butterscotch maple cream. Ooh, okay, all right. Now are you. Yeah. Okay. So are you feeling? A, ready for fall brawl, oh. and B, are you hungry at all? <laughs> I'm, I'm actually starving right now. <laughs> uh, after that, no, I'm, I'm ready for some, uh, for some, uh, some nice hearted casseroles. Uh, I'm ready to exchange gifts, and I'm ready for the smell of, of burning wood. Cozy up in your comfiest sweater. It's fall brawl, 1996. I'm ready, baby. <laughs> American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, and Bobby the Brain Heenan. I am Tony Schiavone, and Dusty, as I said before, as you saw right at the top of the program, war as never before has been declared, and tonight, housed in two rings, one giant steel cage, WCW against the NWO. So welcome to our third episode. So I like to think of the third episode as Mar- like Super Mario Brothers 3. The first one was pretty good, the second one made no fucking sense, and the third one is everybody's favorite. So, strap in, A, cl- a classic, I a guess. Cl- absolute classic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, the the second, our second episode made total and complete logistical sense. Yeah, yeah, in a, in a like, chronological sort of yeah. order. Um, but Super Mario Brothers 2 was, like, a dream or something. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. It, they just woke up at the end. So, did you play? Did you play Super Mario Brothers Galaxy? Um, speaking of a dream, speaking of a fever dream, I uh, I did not know. I think it was fantastic. Never did. Never did. Really good. And I, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> All right, Fall Brawl, nineteen ninety six, taking place 
from Lore from the Lawrence Joel Veterans Memorial Coliseum in Winston Salem, North Carolina. That's a lot of uh, names. Yeah. That's a lot of names if you want to list off the uh, the name of the Coliseum as mm. well as uh, <laughs> as well as the town. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of hyphens. Go ahead that. and go ahead and try to type that into Google Maps and see it. You'll be there before you type it in. <laughs> um, our commentators tonight, as always, are Tony Schiavone, Bobby the Brain Heenan, and a very excited Dusty Rhodes. He loves talking about the war games. It's like the most exciting thing that's ever happened in his life. Is his is his nickname actually Bobby the Brain Cannon? Bobby the Brain Heenan. Heenan, sorry. Heenan. sorry. Okay. Apparently I called him uh Brian Heenan at Brian, some point. Okay. But it's Bobby it's Heenan. It's Bobby. Did I just say Brian? Did, no, you said Bobby. I've, I've, apparently, I slipped and said Brian okay. at, at some point, maybe episode one. I accidentally said Brian, but this is Bobby Heenan we're talking about. I'm, man. That the Bobby guy, the Brain <laughs> Heenan. That guy has, yeah. A large, large brain, large, large dome. Give him the brain. <laughs> <laughs> give him the dome. Tony Schiavone wearing a, uh, we always comment on their style of dress. Always, It, it was yeah. very interesting last month. Uh, now he has some sort of uh, Pee Wee Herman esque bow tie. Yeah, um, he's clearly not taking this seriously. Like this is this is wrestling people. This is serious business. It is. Yes. Um, <laughs> you commented that he uh, kind of struck you as a what's his name Robert Wool. Yes. Type? Yeah. Uh, he was looking very Arlessy. <laughs> he looked very Arlessy. <laughs> he had a very Arless vibe. With the dollar sign. So, okay, I said at one point he looks like Dan Aykroyd. Yep. And uh, and then you comment Robert Wool. I think we just met in the middle. That. I think that actually is. He's somewhere in the middle there. Yeah, exactly. I think we all because uh, because we're all somewhere in the in the spectrum between Robert Wool and Dan Aykroyd when you think about it. Indeed. You know, it's not a. It's we're not. It's not a binary type thing. We're it's a spectral. It, it, yeah, we we fall somewhere on that spectrum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's human beings. So the 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 tenor of the evening involves the NWO. Yeah. Uh, going against the Four Horsemen. Now, at the end of the last pay per view, we were heading towards the Clash of the Champions. There was going to be a big blow off match between Flair and Hogan. Mm-hmm. It was going to be Hogan's first big title defense. Things did not go the Nature Boy's way, and here we are. Not at all, yeah. The uh, the feud has boiled over once again, uh, right. once more, between the NWO and the Horsemen, and, he, and here we are. It can only be settled in two rings, mm-hmm. and, with, and those two rings are also uh, covered up by a cage. So a big cage. If that makes no sense to you guys, you're not alone. <laughs> so the first match yep. of the of the evening uh, is against Diamond Dallas Page, the DDP man, the DDP man, and uh, against and Chavo Trap House Guerrero, Chavo Trap House Junior. Yeah. Um. Now a little bit of a background for this, because um, I believe. Okay, so let's see if I get this straight. So Diamond Dallas. Won something that we didn't really go into it much. But he won something called the Lord of the Ring, and which is not a belt, it's or a trophy, it's a ring or something. Okay. But they also call it a Battle Bowl ring. That's really, that's really on the nose as far as prizes go. Yeah. You created a prize called Lord of the Ring. It's a ring. 
and you're in a ring. And you're in a ring. There's a, a, a lot of double entendres going yeah. on there. Or even like single entendres. It's extremely on the nose. Yes. <laughs> um, which doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. If you're doing something in front of a crowd, yeah. you want to carry something that is prestigious and you want it to be big and flashy. Yeah. A ring, uh, no one can see it. See Ric Flair for reference. Yes. He wears many rings, but yeah. he's showing those in like the, yeah, but he the video packages. He wears many rings and they're fucking huge. DDP has this ring, but apparently it's not just something you win once, you have to defend it. Really? Uh, he, well, anyway, he lost to Eddie Guerrero at some point. Ah. And Eddie, um, or, okay, hold on. Let me break this down. This is going off memory yeah. here, off the dome. Mm hmm. Eddie Guerrero wins the ring, but DDP keeps the ring, and some he took it back. Okay. They had a, they have another match. Eddie wins again. Right. Uh, but Diamond Dallas steals the ring. Mm-hmm. At some point, uh, Diamond Dallas does damage to Eddie to yeah. effectively uh, remove him off television. Okay. And Chavo comes to defend his uh, father's... Uh, no, I'm sorry. His uncle's honor. Can you break it down in a sort of video Mario-based metaphor that I could understand? This is the simpleton mind that I have to understand. More like it was more like a, the ring could the be ri the Princess Peach, and then and then DDP's Bowser, and clearly Chavo Guerrero. Is it Eddie Guerrero that won it or Chavo Guerrero? Uh, Eddie Guerrero won the ring. Okay, won the ring. Okay, so Eddie Guerrero initially, obvious, obviously Mario. Okay. Actually, this metaphor fits really well. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then Travo Guerrero. He would be. He would be, a Luigi. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I, uh, it took a lot of work to get there, but yeah. we we made it there eventually. It's me, a Travo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, what do you think of this match here? I liked it. I mean, to get back, get down the brass tacks. It's let's keep this a focused show. The here. the I'm I gotta say yeah. I mean. I, I don't mean to bring it off the rails, but uh, um, I, got, I do have to say that the first match of, of every pay-per-view is fairly good. Uh, <clears throat> it's it's very interesting to see uh, uh, two decent wrestlers, but uh, DDP, I feel like DDP has kind of seen better days, and he's really kind of... Uh, he's, he's an old man. Yeah, he is an old man. Uh, DDP, an inspirational story to us all, started mm -hmm. wrestling at the age of 35. Really? He did. The tender He'd age always of been in the business, but, you know, he uh, largely used as a managerial role. Gotcha. Uh, you know, but then, at the age of 35, decided, hey, I'm going to step into the ring. Uh, and uh, here he is, like five, uh, four years into his career. Very flashy, uh, very flashy name with like Diamond Dallas Page. I would. He's got a lot somebody. going on. Yeah. He would come out with like, uh, he came out with his diamond doll or something, and then, well, he had like sunglasses, bleach blonde hair, and a mm -hmm. cigar. So that's kind of what he's got. Oh my gosh! Really? <laughs> he's got a lot going on. If yeah, if yeah, seriously, if if WCW was a movie, he would he would immediately be be coined as the bad guy. So for the last couple of uh, pay per views, mm -hmm. the first match has been the High Flyers. Your Rey Mysterio and insert name here. Yeah, I was like I always liked them. They were always really got it off to an exciting start. Now this is. <laughs> um, I'm not going to say they're doing a bad job, but it's def definitely doesn't compare to the previous two high-octane. This is two guys that can go kind of just having a back and forth. Yeah. Chavo really is... It's Chavo kind of seems to be struggling to, like, 
keep the flow going at some point. Yeah, there's a there's a few missteps. Mm. I don't know. He fucks up a couple of times, he does, and yeah. it, it throws the rhythm off. Mm. I, I think the only really cool thing is Diamond Dallas Page hitting this uh, super like tilt a whirl power bomb. Super thing. duper, yeah. Very twisty. Mm-hmm. It was pretty good. Yeah. Um, and at some point, uh, Diamond Dallas like thrusts thrusts his dick in Chavo's <laughs> face. Yeah. Like, when he's getting him up, it's, it was re- very inappropriate. Really power move. You should probably take that down off the, the network or something. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe uh, blur it out. Maybe blur it? <laughs> I don't know if that would make it <laughs> That'd actually make it worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As there's some blur, like, <laughs> being thrusted into uh, Just for a quick Chavo's second. face. Just for a quick second, and then Diamond Del- and then Chavo's kind of, like, clutching his throat. Anyway, at some point, Diamond Dallas Page... Uh, it hits the diamond cutter oh, as yeah. per usual, mm-hmm. and that will uh, will put Chavo down. And uh, yeah. you know, did Chavo uh, defend his family's honor? No, uh, his family yeah. sucks. Was it a good match? No, not really. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was okay. Not awful. Five out of ten. Um. So next up, we have a, a video package from mm-hmm. Mean Gene. Fail. We've kind of failed to sum up intricacies of Sting's involvement with the NWO. But why should we really tell you when we can just have Mean Gene tell you and, you know, roll that beautiful Gene footage. The NWO did not let up. The attacks intensified. Rumors had it. More were joining their organization. WCW finally felt they needed to unify. And the top superstars came to a historic agreement. There's only four people in this ring right now that have ever felt... War Games. I'll walk a path with the enforcer. With War Games looming, the NWO continued its assault, marking WCW property and victims along the way. But the worst was yet to come. The warning of more to join the NWO came through. Ted DiBiase arrived with financial backing and leadership. The balance of power quickly shifted to the NWO as the giant jump ship. No! No! And then the crowning blow, the most shocking turn of events in WCW history. The franchise did the unthinkable. No! 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 Oh, we're in bad trouble now. We're not going to leave this. Sting has turned. He's been bought off by Diviasi. Unquestionably, WCW is really. The attack that began in May by one man has now grown into a full-scale assault from all sides. For WCW War Games, a match that has been part of its tradition, now becomes a match of its survival. Uh, anyway, that's pretty much it. <laughs> they, they, they bring that up. Thanks, Gene. <laughs> Thanks, Gene. And we roll on to the second match of the evening, and it is a submission match. Mm. Now, what would you think that means? Uh, could it mean uh, Big Boss Man choking on another fat guy with a roll of quarters? Uh, in, in this instance, no. But right. it, it, your second match... So we had this theory. The second match of the card was going to be the match where the two fattest men yep. uh, went to duke it out. Truck stop tussles. Fat, fatty fights. Fatty fights. Is what the we second coined. round fatty fights. Second round fatty fights. Um, <laughs> now... 
We get that, but it is in fact a rematch of the last of the previous second round fat fight. Can't you know, fatties aren't something you find every day. <laughs> Sometimes you got to do you, some recycling. You got to bottle that energy a second time. Yeah. Oh yeah. In the exact same package, but this time it's a submission match. Exact same, way too tight package. <laughs> it's a very tight package. It's extremely tight. A fatty package. Mm-hmm. It's a submission match, and yeah. what does that mean exactly? Well, I don't know. I don't know if they know what it means. Was that rhetorical, or are you ask, actually asking me? What does it mean? It's what's a submission match? Mm. You're the novice. I'm the expert. Yeah. <clears throat> let's, so let's test what you've learned by watching this pay per view. So, uh, submission match is when you try to uh, you like you do a grippy. You do try to grip them. You try to hold them, and then they say, "Don't hold me anymore," and then you win. Uh. That's very well put. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. The referee here seems to have a hard time kind of understanding what that means, though. Yeah. Because they have a, a microphone, which is traditionally used in the I Quit match. Right. And the only uh, difference between a submission match and I Quit match is that instead of tapping, you're still using submission holds, but right. uh, instead of tapping out as you know you normally would, you're given a microphone. Right. And you have to uh, verbally confirm... To everyone in the arena that you are quitting. It's going to be good for the chokeholds. It, it is indeed. Yeah. Because, you know, when you're being choked out, you have full command of your... <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, of your of your language skills. And you just said, I shit. He actually... Uh, so, th- they don't know what this means. Uh, for... This is... I don't know. Did we say... This That's is right. Scott... Oh, okay. This is between Scott Norman and the Ice Train. Scott Norman and Ice House, baby. <laughs> Those are your two meaty mm-hmm. men, and they're going at it. The former tag team again, and uh, they don't like each other. And this time, they're uh, they got the submission match going. Yeah. And uh, what do you got? You got two fat men, yep, uh, putting each other in holds that uh, you know no don't one, look no, all, yeah they don't no look very sh- impressive. No one should put another human being in. Well, these two human beings shouldn't be putting each other <laughs> in anything. Should shouldn't be putting more than a jelly donut in each other's mouths. <laughs> So Ice Train and Scott Norman going at it, kind of slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, endless arm bars. It finally ends without the aid of a microphone, yeah. uh, with a full Nelson. Yeah, which I guess is them trying to incorporate actual wrestling moves. Yeah, you know, legit amateur wrestling moves into the you know to give a air of legitimacy yeah real zangief style style uh, suplexing going on um and like zangief they both suck who's zangief zangief from street fighter he's terrible oh i thought he was a real wrestler no well real and real in my hearts okay um well, what, what did you think of the match, Richard? I, 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 I mean, I feel like uh, I, I'm i doing most of the talking on this one. I honestly, I was so distracted the entire time. So I was like, I was like, look at Scott Norton. He's a big, fat motherfucker. And it just makes me want to play Karnov on the NES. Did you ever play the game? Um, Break out the old NES? No. Get uh, some two-button mashing? I, uh, I did not. Uh, is that... Um, so let me tell you about it. First of all. Okay. It's this. It's this Russian app. I think it's like. Is it, is, it done, is it done by Konami? Can you tell me if it's done by Konami? I have no idea. Okay. Anyway, that's just. It's you start out as this big fat motherfucker with a mustache, mm-hmm. and you just you're just killing floating things, and then by the end of it, you kill a you kill a mermaid. You kill a mermaid, 
on land in what I assume to be Moscow, like like ancient Scott Moscow. Scott Norton yeah. um, looks like the he, Duke of Anyway, uh, Ice Train wins uh, with the uh, submission, uh, and uh, no one cares. You know what? Fuck Ice Train. Fuck him. Who gives a shit? Uh, your next match, um, Juventud Guerrera versus Conan. Conan the Librarian. Uh, and man, uh, at first... Uh, what do you think of Juven... This is your introduction to Juventud Guerrero. Yes. He's um he is the new hot up and coming uh luchador flyer. He doesn't yeah. have a great command of the English language, but he's ready to take it to Conan for the Mexican heavyweight title. I've got to say uh that it was a complete mismatch and really really funny because Conan absolutely manhandles him and also Juventud Guerrero in a sort of like total just moment of complete self-unawareness uh dressed like fucking sonic okay exactly like sonic how how so red shoes yellow or the the blue fucking uh the blue pants i mean and like and you can even compare conan to knuckles in that he beats the living so uh, Conan uh, mm-hmm. coming in wearing uh, a pair of jeans that uh, you know Bill Cosby would have a field day with sagging pants, sagging those pants. Get them up, get a belt. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess yeah, he kind of is a strikes an opposing figure. When yeah, compared, when exactly. compared to Hoobie, mm-hmm. um, just like Knuckles. Uh, I never played. Uh, I wasn't much of a, a video game guy growing up, so uh, so. so, uh, so so you're, you're saying that you've never seen Sonic? I'm aware of the cartoon. Oh my god. <laughs> to get back to it, yeah. uh, this match is for the uh, Mexican heavyweight title, which uh, cannot be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, because Conan doesn't even bother to bring it out to him uh, right. with him. So I guess we know how this match is going to go. And uh, you get uh, Jimmy Hart uh, hopping around the ring. Uh, talking about La Raza, which is just kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, very much so. You know. Very much so. Uh, Jimmy Hart, uh, he might be too gay to function. (laughs) Jimmy Hart is 100% too gay to function in this match. Uh, He is just, oh man. A lot of bright, bright colors. So much bright colors, but none brighter than the pants of Juventude. After, seriously, there's a couple of, there's a couple of power bombs that Conan absolutely... Just, it was like, Conan was taking his day out on Hooventude, mm-hmm. and it was just, it was, I expected a shower of rings to come out of Hooventude. Like, he was absolutely, he he should have got that, um got that invincibility shield, because he really, really needed it. Yeah, okay, the ma- the match was okay. Uh, there was a, f- a couple of flubs, but, uh, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, mo- moving on. Uh, Conan uh, retains the Mexican uh, title. Yeah. Um. The the next match uh, that we're uh, talking about. A new. Oh, I'm sorry. So- sorry. The next match we're talking about. Chris Jericho, newcomer to the podcast, against our favorite Chris Benoit. Our boy, our, oh. our Canadian beauty. Our boy. Well, they're both Canadian beauties, actually. Really? Yeah. Oh. In Canada. 
Canada match. Yeah, that's right. I like it. So, uh, Chris, so Benoit and Jericho, mm-hmm. two evenly matched technical wrestlers here to put on a show for us. Extremely evenly matched. The what we needed in the first match, we're now getting. Both trained in Canada. Yep. Both made their bones in Canada, mm-hmm. and they're here to basically put on a clinic for the audience and have a nice solid back and forth. Very similar to what we saw last time with like Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko. Yeah, and Chris Benoit really, really reminds me of uh, of Ghost and Goblins because he looks like Maximo. They had to, they had Ghost and Go- they had Ghost and Goblins. They had Super Ghost and Goblins. And then, on the PlayStation 2, they had Maximo, which was the character from Ghosts and Goblins, in his own little adventure. And when, uh... I'm sorry, why? It just kind of reminds me of him. Just, I just like the game, and he reminds me of that game. Okay. Fond memories. He's a tiny guy. He's a tiny guy that, uh, when he gets hurt, all of his armor comes off, and he's left in his underpants. Uh, well, he, um... He certainly, like, Chris Benoit has a pretty good physique. Yeah. And, uh... And great hockey hair. He's got good hockey hair. Oh, yeah. And Jericho, also, the son of a hockey player, incidentally. NHL 96. Uh, Chris Benoit's featured. But, yeah, you're kind of seeing uh, in this match, uh, Jericho really put uh, Benoit to the test because... Uh, Jericho, more of a, a high flyer. Oh, yeah. Kind of not afraid to use the ropes, uh, you know, and as well as use those submissions. Oh, yep. 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 And just like, just like, uh, just like Mario. He's, you know, Jericho is just, yeah, exactly. And you know what? Jericho's just trying to stomp on that little Goomba. <laughs> that little Goomba, uh, Chris Benoit. Um, so cute. No neck. It's all, his neck is the size of his torso. Resembles a mushroom. Yeah, yeah, he does resemble a mushroom. Okay, Um, and he's tiny. He's a little goomba. He's my little goomba. Uh, well, anyway, um, like I said, uh, Chris Jericho Mm -hmm. definitely a high flyer, able to take Benoit to task with those moves. Oh yeah, Uh, trying to bring the wall down. Indeed, Uh, and and then they go through this sequence where they're just unleashing suplex after Mm -hmm. suplex, giving them giving each other chops. Yeah. They are really trying to put on like a a, t- a man's man's wrestling yeah, match. Exactly something that something that Chris Jer- uh, that uh, Chris Benoit is great at. I was like, you know what really helped me f- help me as a wrestling as like a wrestling watcher. Uh huh. It's like little life bars above each one of these guys, just to see where we're at. In ter- yeah. uh, in terms of their life. In terms of yeah, their terms of their health. See who's winning, who's losing. You know, it's because it's so ambiguous. I'm, I'm sure uh, some video, uh, maybe some wrestling-related uh, video games have have used that in the past. I'm actually thinking more of like more of like Street Fighter style because they do have that. Or you know what, Mortal Kombat. Remember that game? You know what I'm talking yeah, about. I remember the movie. This is this is it. This is, but instead it's just Johnny Cage versus Johnny Cage in every match because they all look like Johnny Cage to me. Okay. Um... Anyway, uh, Chris, Jerick, the two Chris's going mm. at it. Um, it. It seems like the the story is Jericho really, as the young up and comer, is just taking Benoit to task, and Benoit, uh, not expecting this, just can slowly I, I losing his cool. Can I stop you for a second? Why don't we ever do a video game podcast? Um. Well, this is a wrestling podcast. 
But like, there's wrestling video games out. They're around. Um. Yeah, that's true. We we, we can discuss this when we stop recording. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I didn't. I haven't really played too many video games. I, that that was not really. I wasn't allowed in my household uh, growing up, wow. so I don't really know a whole lot about them. Yeah. So, um, yeah, a lot of these references are just kind of yeah lost on me. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it'd, it'd be a good idea, you know, for a podcast. Yeah, someone's podcast. Maybe someone should maybe have a podcast that's like that. Like so, like a video game podcast. Yeah. That would be nice to see some YouTube channels about video games. Well, that, that could be something that you could try to break into. Wow. What, that's a... Man, that is a that is a market waiting to be tapped in. Uh, so, so the the match after... Uh, let, let's... Uh, I don't even know what happened at the end now. Um, I kind of had my notes and... Uh, I've kind of really just kind of... I don't know. I've kind of lost track here. I don't know what... Uh, Look at your mini-map. Try to find where the where the goal is. It's marked in a triangle. Um. Anyway, uh, wh- why don't you talk about the next match? Well, so, Alex, let me tell you about the next match. It is my favorite match of the night. Okay. It is Rey Mysterio's spiral-looking ass against Super Contra. That's Super Callow, um, and yeah, they're going to have a, a match for the Cruiserweight title. Oh. Um... But yeah, uh, they come. It's kind of a bit of a mismatched pair here. I mean, just in relation to you know, we had Ultimo Dragon, the Double Dragons. Oh yeah, yeah, classic arcade classic. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so, and, and you have him going against uh, Su- Super, Super Contra, Callow. I don't think uh, Callow is up uh, to. The caliber of uh, of a psychosis mm-hmm. or um, or or an Ultimo Dragon. Yeah, and so th- there's a little bit of a dip in quality between this and the previous cruiserweight matches that we've yeah. had. Uh, it is funny. Uh, the uh, commentators note that he's uh, that Callow actually comes in wearing skateboarding pads, which Dude. which is kind of. I don't know what if that's like a reference to like SoCal street style. I don't know either. Maybe he was just super into Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 in the back. He was just clicking away on it. My, I mean, let me let me just say, if I was super contra, I would definitely be in the back playing some Tony Hawk. I used to do, I used to fucking mash out on hours. It, the the school in Tony Hawk Pro Skater One was my favorite. Would get all the skate. I would unlock all the all the unlockables, get all the tapes. What was that in Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2? Can't be sure. They all kind of blended together. Rey Mysterio retains uh, the belt, uh, the cruiserweight title. Yeah. Um, at some point, I. Um, Did you know that Spider Man was a was a playable character on Tony Hawk? I so yeah. Um, Rey Mysterio not wearing his Spider Man gear uh, on on this. No. Particular evening, but... No, dude. Uh, anyway, um, next match is uh, the Black Paladin versus uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Quanchi, Black Paladin with his Quanchi looking ass. Uh, that actually uh, is interesting that you bring that up. Uh, Quanchi's mm-hmm. character model uh, is actually based on the Black Paladin. Uh, mostly with the makeup and yeah. the bald head. You know this from the wrestling side of it, not from the video game side of it. Exactly. 
Wow. That's interesting. You know that uh, Quan Chi is the reason that why the scorpion is so pissed off all the time? I don't know who that is. Scorpion? Like, like scorpion. Like... The... From Spider-Man? No, not not Scorpion and not Scorpinox from Transformers. Uh, Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. Toasty! He's the guy in the orange. Oh, he's the orange right. ninja. I, yeah, I've seen. Get that. over here! Yeah, I, can, yeah I, I've seen. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. Anyway, uh, they kind of have a, a back and forth uh, between. Again, dude, is like Quan Chi. Sub-Zero, Scorpion, how Quan Chi tricks this Scorpion into, into fighting Sub-Zero and killing his plan and stuff, and that whole, whole, whole thing, and the mortal enemies, and, and, yeah. you know. Do you just want to have, like, a fucking video game review podcast? Fuck yeah, The NWO in Review presents our top 10 wrestling video games. Number 10! WWF Warzone. Acclaimed Studios' second outing with the WWF license was a bit clunky, but its innovative custom wrestler design set it apart from its THQ counterparts and was the best way to get your WWF wrestling video game fun in in the summer of 1998. And although its controls are a bit clunky, it's definitely still a classic. Number 9! WCW vs. NWO World Tour. This one set the standard, folks. Easy to pick up and play with a friend, and a control system that was as innovative as it is intuitive. Features a cast of fictional Japanese wrestlers, as well as your favorite WCW and NWO grapplers. As one of the first wrestling video games on the N64, it was definitely one of the best wrestling games out there. And most certainly, a classic. Number 8! WWF Smackdown, Just Bring It. With this one, THQ brought wrestling fun to the next generation, the PS2. Featuring a cast of characters from the end of the Attitude Era and introducing a variety of different match types. This 2001 title set the tone for what all of the PS2 SmackDown titles would be. Without Just Bring It, there would be no Here Comes the Pain. No Raw vs SmackDown 2008. This classic disc had us wasting away endless hours of our childhood. Number 7 WWF WrestleMania 2000 Taking the amazing control system featured on WCW vs. NWO World Tour and Revenge and slapping it with a WWF license was every wrestling and video game fan's dream come true. With tons of new match types and never before seen wrestler customization, this is definitely one of the best wrestling video games of all time. A classic game that we love to pick up and play even now. Number 6 Mike Tyson's Punch-Out! Whom amongst us hasn't started from the lowliest ranks, boxing in a dimly lit gym hall against the likes of Glass Joe, fighting your way all the way up to the champ, Mike Motherfucking Tyson. This classic NES title is, like Mike Tyson himself, an American treasure. Number 5! Streets of Rage! A classic beat-em-up! Fairy game, much punch, play as white guy, black guy, hot chick, classic game. 
Number 4 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4 Turtles in Time This game fucking rules! Tight controls, great art style, and a port to the SNES that brought arcade gaming permanently into the home. Play as Donnie, Leo, Ralph, or Mike going through classic levels pulled straight out of the classic 80s cartoon and kick the shit out of the Foot Clan and throw them against the fucking screen and try to fuck April with your weird turtle dick. Mega Man 3. This classic Mega Man game introduces a lot of classic elements to the Mega Man canon. From the weapon upgrades to the introduction to Mega Man's classic trusty dog sidekick, Rush. Serious gamers often debate which is better, Mega Man 2 or 3. Hope this ranking definitively puts this issue to bed. Number 2 Altered Beast. For those Nintendo fanboys out there, you guys don't know what you're missing from this underrated Genesis classic, as you kick your way through endless enemies either by yourself or even better, with a friend. You'll be enjoying hours of fun, and when it comes time to finally power up, you're ready to kick some fucking ass! Alright folks, before we reveal our number one spot, let's pad the running time and recap. And don't forget to smash that like button and subscribe. Number 10, Legend of Zelda, Majora's Mask. Number 9, Super Metroid. Number 8, Star Fox 64. Number 7, Linguini's Mansion. Number 6, Super Smash Brothers Brawl. Number 5, Super Mario RPG. Number four, Mario Golf. Number three, Mario Tennis. Number two, Mario Kart 64. It's number one. Super Mario 64. Gold stars, open worlds, and totally fucking awesome. This game's development was the perfect launch title for the N64 into the third dimension. Thoughtful level design, fun audio and visual style, and truly a standard-setting example of how platforming games can and should be done on this generation and all previous generational systems. This game made Crash Bandicoot look like a punk bitch. Well, folks, that was um, Fall Brawl 1996. What a good match. What a good final match. Uh, well, anyways, folks, uh, we'll be uh, the next pay-per-view that we will be doing is Halloween Havoc 1996. Are you ready to get spooked, Richard? Oh, I'm ready to get spooky, baby. <laughs> All right, we'll see you then, folks. something these two losers these two lowlifes they made a sacred oath and they said that they would be together until death do us part well courtesy of the nwo <laughs> and hollywood hogan we're gonna make that happen Two pieces of trash!
champions like Lou Thez, Terry and Dory Funk, Pat O'Connor, Dusty Rhodes, the names go on and on. It may not mean anything at all to Hulk Hogan, to the Outsiders, Hall and Nash, to Ted DiBiase, to that 180-pound wimp they call six. Maybe it doesn't mean anything at all to them, but it does mean a lot of things to a lot of people. It has got to stop. It is going to stop, and it's going to stop now because this company's not going to tolerate it. Not at the corporate level, not at the level here that all of us work at on Nitro to try to put together a program that people out there can enjoy. It's got to stop because it's not fun anymore. Nobody's entertained by it. The NWO is nothing but dirt bags from the bottom all the way to the top. And yes, that means you, Hulk Hogan. The one singular mistake I ever made was bringing Hulk Hogan into WCW. So I gotta know something. I gotta know something, man. Hey, is Andre really your dad? Man? The preceding announcement has been paid for by the New World Order.